Google is officially working on a Pixel Foldable? Has Flutter now become the default way to create an app? Are you willing to sell your kidney for a PlayStation 5? And has Apple effectively removed all compelling reasons to buy an Apple TV? All of this and more on today's episode of Jaden and Laramie Talk Tech. My name is Laramie. And I'm Jaden. And here we are, episode six. It's been a long journey of only six episodes, <laughs> yeah. but we're glad that you're with us. You are the Sam to our Frodo. And we appreciate everything that you do <laughs> yeah, for us. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're trying to be more consistent. We so. are. Yeah. We're thinking that we're going to start, um, scheduling these podcasts to release on Fridays. Yeah. And, um, I think we're still trying to figure out exactly what time on Fridays, but just wanting to, to drop them on Fridays. And so, uh, right now it's actually Wednesday. So we're ahead of the game. Yeah. So you giving be- ourselves a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If we had one of those little sound switchers, I would put applaud. Applause there <laughs> yeah. uh, for us to actually be ahead of the game on that. Um, but as always, we're super appreciative that you guys are tuning in. We've got a fun episode for you guys. And uh, I think we should kick it off. Jaden, lead us into our exciting bit. Yeah. So officially, we know that Google is at least working on a Pixel Fold. Mm-hmm. And that might even be the name for it, which I think is a cool name, Pixel Fold. Um, simple, easy to remember, yeah, and that's what you would naturally probably call it. So. Yeah, no uh, fluffy stuff with you know Galaxy Z Fold Two, Five G. <laughs> yeah. It's the Pixel like, that folds. Fold. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. I don't want to <laughs> yeah, eat our words for later. sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, the headline that hit was uh, officially Google ordered some panels. I think seven point six inch foldable panels from Samsung. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right behind that, John Prosser, who's a pretty well-known leaker, um, tech leaker, he did confirm that they are working on a prototype that's a foldable. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty well and done, I think, that for sure we all knew that uh, a foldable was coming. Um, you and I were talking the other day when we first saw the story about yeah. how um, Google is officially starting to make the ask to Samsung for their panels. And it looks like we're within the time frame to be able to see that this year. It could happen this year. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, you know, it's it, it's all supply and demand and the supply chain. We'll see if they're actually able to get their hands on the panels that they need. Yeah. But I'm I'm myself wondering, there's in the comments of any of these articles that you read about this kind of stuff, about foldable technology in general, is do people really want it? Like, do people really care about it? Yeah. What What's your prediction? Do you think, I mean. I think it will replace the premium tier. Mm. Yeah, of, of, of Google's phones. lineup. Of phones in general. Oh, of, of phones in general. I think foldables yeah. will be, if you're spending twelve, fourteen hundred dollars $1,400 on a phone, it will very likely be a foldable to some degree. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, if you look at the Pixel 4a, it's a $350 slab of a phone. It doesn't fold in any way, but it does all the phone things that you want a phone to do yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't fold, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you want to pay more and you want the extra features, that's when that premium price comes in. Yeah. Um, I just really can't see Samsung charging $1,400 for the Ultra in the next couple of years. Like yeah. that will be With a foldable. A, mm-hmm. With their lineup consisting of two foldables right now, mm-hmm. it's going to be harder and harder to justify. 
I mean, I would I would argue that this year is probably the the straw, the proverbial straw, because mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they'll be able to continue to charge that kind of money for yeah. their premium lines without uh, yeah. It being and foldable. basically, what they'll do is just take what the Ultra is and move it into a foldable phone. Yeah, as far as like camera and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that that's not a stretch to think that. Um, yeah. I myself wonder about the longevity of google's implementation of a fold mm-hmm. just because you know we've seen that they they like to try oh google's trying to listen to me on my phone they <laughs> like to try uh different different projects and stuff like that and then sometimes they they keep going with it sometimes they don't the only yeah, thing they, I'm, they jump around on form factors a little yeah. and the only thing i'm worried about with this is just that it is kind of delving right back into the premium segment which we all kind of felt like the lower, mm-hmm. the mid range and lower was probably more of their sweet spot. I I do think that they're going to keep investing on the affordable side mm-hmm. as like the default pixel. Yeah. Like when you buy a pixel, you're going to buy a $350, 5A, 6A, whatever that is, that will be what they're pushing. Mm-hmm. And then for people who want more out of their phone, they do still make a premium foldable. Yeah. Um, if it's successful, you know, like if, if it's received well, mm-hmm. the pixel fold. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I really do hope that it, it is received well. It seems like at this point, um, higher end pixels are the enthusiasts. Yeah. Phone. I, I'm almost to the point where if there is no pixel fold this year or early next year, I might end up getting the Z fold three oh, okay well which would be the first samsung phone i've contemplated we, getting <laughs> well yeah so, no for sure i think yeah. that the z fold is is really sweet i haven't even heard any sort of rumors or anything about a z fold the only thing that yet. i've read is that the z fold three this third iteration will be the first one that supports the s pen i did i did see that mm-hmm. so which i mean do you think that you would use that a lot I don't know if I would use the S Pen a ton because I'm not like a handwritten notes sort of person. And uh-huh. that seems like their big value proposition for the S Pen is people who like to take handwritten notes. It has that handwriting recognition, mm. um, which that's huge for people who take handwritten notes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Z Fold 3, I, I just really like that concept that I have a device that's my phone and a tablet. Yeah. And then if you dock it, it's potentially also a, a laptop yeah. on the go. So. Well, and I mean, uh, One UI is definitely it's getting better. Come a long way. Mm-hmm. It's not as well. It, it's it's almost like we really have Google to thank for that. That they've created such a good base layer for companies like Samsung and OnePlus to to try their hand at their own skins on things. Yeah, without um, completely ruining everything. Exactly. Yeah. It's gotten it's gotten easier and easier for developers. I think to. Uh, create their own skins. Yeah. For I mean, these Samsung's phones. rolling out Android 11 on almost all of their devices. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a first, really. Yeah. Um, this early on, I mean, yeah, it is March. Android 11 was released a few months ago, but I it used to take it. <laughs> <laughs> it used to take a long time for Samsung to get it on their whole yeah. lineup, mm-hmm. and now really whatever product in their lineup would that could support it is supporting it. Yeah. So. Well, and I mean that's. Uh, that's one of their biggest, um, one of their biggest selling points uh, for yeah. Google is that they, I mean, it's day one, 
yeah. updates. They're and, still way ahead of what Samsung's doing. Yeah, but, ag- yeah. agreed. Um, the funny thing is, is that OnePlus, they, they used to be renowned for yeah. their updates, like how yep. quickly they would update. And uh, in fact, I was just reading, I, I think it was Android Central, and they were they had an article that was like, the which phones get the fastest updates? Mm-hmm. And uh, OnePlus was up at the top. But here I am on OnePlus 7 Pro, and I still haven't gotten mm-hmm. Android 11. They really only do it for their most recent phones. Yeah, which yeah. is a very Samsung-y move. Yeah. So I think it's kind of funny. I feel like maybe Samsung has had the opportunity to mature. Mm-hmm. They've learned from their yeah. mistakes. Realized what consumers actually want. OnePlus is where Samsung was probably about five years ago, where they were like, oh, yeah, fast updates. But then they got yeah. caught up with, oh, let's release the next phone, let's release the next phone. And they forgot about their old phones. And now people are up in arms about it. Yeah. All the geeks are up in arms. They better be careful. <laughs> Where's my careful. Android 11? <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I'm the guy that trolls With their the, pitchforks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm that guy that trolls the OnePlus uh, forums going like, uh, is stable build here yet? <laughs> and Didn't so, you say that you had to switch yeah. away from the beta? I did. Yeah. I mean, that's partially my fault. You, you should yeah. never download a beta onto your main yeah. like daily driver. Some um, work. Yeah. Like I did use the Android 11 beta last year before it was released mm-hmm. on my Pixel and it was really stable actually. Yeah. I guess so. that would make more sense with a with a Pixel phone um because it's a little bit more baked in. Yeah. I didn't jump on like right at the beginning of the Android 11 betas. I feel like I would have had more issues there, but mm-hmm. I mean I was using it from it had to have been june or july yeah so half of that cycle half of that beta cycle yeah it was it was fine on my phone so yeah well that's yeah. great for you Jaden. i'm so happy for you <laughs> yeah well i'm just saying you should switch back to the pixel but, i really you know. yeah Jaden and i i mean i've i've never been so fickle about a phone in a while I think it's because I've never kept a phone for this long. Yeah. So, I mean, props to the OnePlus 7 Pro. You've served me well, little buddy, but I keep being tempted to to get like a Pixel 4a 5G or... Yeah. But we also know that the Pixel 5a is There's probably going to be yep. pretty uh, pretty soon. And But then once the Pixel 5a comes around, I'm probably going to be thinking to myself, do I wait for the 6? Yeah. Or the Fold? You know? I feel like the... The way I look at the A phones is they're really good phones that I would keep around um, as like a backup phone. Yeah. Or something that I could give away to a family member that, you know, their phone breaks and they need a phone. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a good option for that. I've considered. Cheap. Bu- yeah. So. And amazing. And it, yeah. it does it does great. Um, for a reminder or just for a catch up on anyone that hasn't heard our last several podcasts we both agree that the Pixel 4a is definitely the phone of 2020. It yeah. is the best phone to come out of 2020. And the 5a very well could be the phone of 2021. Yeah, no, <laughs> so, absolutely. It hits yeah. that sweet spot. And so I've been considering maybe I'll buy the Pixel 5a and use that until the Pixel 6 drops, and then I'll give the Pixel 5a to my mom. She's go. still rocking, get this, my Axon 7. Whoa. That's, I mean, <laughs> Jiminy Crickets, I think that's like, it's, it's like 2017. Yeah, maybe, maybe nine, maybe. maybe. I don't know. That was a sweet phone, but uh, it's it's on its last legs. She yeah. basically is tied to a, a charger at this point. Yeah, I'm um, sure the battery's 
It's tough, man. So, I, I mean, I love pixels. I, I'm definitely tempted by them all the time. And that's actually a good segue into there was a, uh, a pixel feature drop yeah. here. Was it this week or was it last week? Uh, it was this week. Yeah. Yeah. A couple and, days um, ago. I would encourage you that uh, on, is it 9to5Google? Yeah. Yeah. They have a gallery because one of the features that was dropped is their underwater ready photography case. Yeah. So they partnered with this company. I don't know the name. Maybe you have it pulled up. Um, it Oh, it's the Kraken. The Kraken Universal case. But they made sure that this case works with the Pixel um, 4A, I think the 4A 5G and the 5, so at least the mo- the latest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they improved some of their uh, pipeline on the image processing so it actually works well underwater. Um, and if you go and look at this gallery... Some of these shots look like DSLRs underwater. It's bonkers. It's it's actually nuts. Yeah. Like the vibrance is just what you'd expect from underwater still photography from a really nice mm. DSLR that's in a, you know, $1200 underwater case for a, a big camera. So uh, it looks great if you're someone that lives by the ocean, not us, <laughs> uh, but if you're someone that lives by the ocean, definitely give it a look because you could get some cool photography just with a pixel. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it all just continuously gets me excited for the day that Google decides to put in a new camera sensor. Yeah, um, just going to get that much better. Mm-hmm. I think this, I honestly think this year is going to be the year of the camera sensor. For, yeah, a lot of the Mm -hmm. devices, not just Pixel. No, not just Pixel. I think that they're going to, companies are going to start realizing that the image sensor actually does matter. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, we, we, you know, the machine learning and everything like that's great, but give it a base, like Mm -hmm. a good base to build off of machine learning. Yeah, don't just give it a 12 megapixel sensor that's really tiny. I mean, we're talking about, less probably less than half an inch is mm-hmm. the size of that sensor um i don't know if you saw it i didn't put it in the notes but there was a rumor that the new sensor could be just less than half an inch mm. on the new pixel and i think um it was maybe oppo or xiaomi they're also looking at this new sony sensor mm. um i don't know if the sony sensor will be ready in time yeah because it's pretty new but it's just less than an inch in size which is yeah, if that nuts. comes to a phone, <laughs> like yeah, it's crazy. As I mean, that's insane. That will push. That will push the image quality. Oh, like you, so so much. It will be so hard to convince someone to buy a DSLR mm-hmm. that's sub three thousand dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. because it will take better photos than that. Yeah, I mean, and then you know, all the photographers will be jealous of uh, everyone sporting a a Pixel phone and mm-hmm. they're sporting a an Apple phone. And the Pixel phone, the $400 Pixel phone is taking better photos. Yeah. Because it has a bigger <laughs> sensor. Yeah. I, and the point and shoot Sonys, they do have a one inch sensor. So you're talking yeah. about getting basically that sensor in a smartphone mm-hmm. with the smarts that are already inside smartphones. Yeah. We could be looking now, at a totally different level of photography. Do you think that they will continue to use the old sensor for the 5A? The, the A-line? Probably on the 5A, because really, like, if you look at these 5As, normally the cameras from last year is what gets baked in. Mm-hmm. Um, with the 4A, it doesn't have the 
ultra wide from the four. I guess the four didn't have an ultra wide either, but um, basically the the camera bits are the same from the previous generation. That's partly what is cost saving for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, because in their supply chain, all they're doing is just moving it over. Yeah. To a new product. Yeah. Right. So they already paid for the supplies. They're just putting it in a new in a different body. Yeah. They're um, recasing it. It saves something really similar. Makes it so they can charge less for the phone. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we keep we've talked about. I think we talked about this in episode two or three, but like phones just keep getting so good that the the like the amount of times that you have to upgrade are starting to become very minimal and not needed. I mean, this could be a a good segue into um, into iPhone territory, just because I. The the leaks that are coming out right now about iPhone 13 mm-hmm. are not very exciting. No. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be an iterative update. Smaller and, notch. Mm-hmm. Well, we can go through them. So, like, the big ones is a little bit smaller notch. Um, so, it'll be a little bit more narrow. I don't think it'll be shorter. Mm-hmm. But the rumors are that it will ch- it'll take off, like, half of... It'll be half the width. Still Which, centered, but half the width. You got to... I mean... You have to understand at this point that Apple is choosing to keep the notch as a like almost like a status symbol, like a mm-hmm. hey, it, this is an, an iPhone because um, it has the big notch. I yeah. didn't. I whenever I had my recent affair with Apple, <laughs> I I just I, I hated it. it. I didn't like it. I didn't like the the notch, and um, I'm I'm disappointed to see it sticking out uh, around another year. Um, it doesn't. So it doesn't look like they're going to have Touch ID come back. Um, and then there was another there was another thing that I was like, wow, that's a pretty big letdown. Well, they're, um, so they're getting always on display, um, which big whoop. Like yeah. <laughs> Android's had always on displays on $200 phones for 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's it's cool to see. I mean, iPhone users, I'm sure they'll appreciate that. But For sure. Uh, it's just a feature that's been around for a long time. And it's... They could do it with their current phones because their current phones have OLEDs. Yeah. So they could have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it maybe it has something to do with their their batteries. Maybe they did intentionally yeah. push for always on because yeah, because you're gonna need a bigger battery. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only so much optimization you can do with an always on display because it's always on. Yeah. I mean, like I'm looking at my Pixel right now with the the screen off, and I can see the time. I can see if I have notifications like. It's definitely a useful, useful. feature, um, and I, I'm surprised it's taken this long for it to come to iPhones. I thought it would just be a software update, maybe not a hardware yeah. thing. But. Maybe they didn't feel the need because of um, the popularity of the Apple Watch, because <laughs> yeah. you could say that... I mean, yeah, the Apple Watch serves that purpose. It, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, speaking of the, the Apple Watch, um, it looks like in iOS 14.5, which should be dropping here March. So yeah. this, I mean, I think uh, iOS 14.5 actually sounds like it has some exciting things uh, yeah. involved in it. One of the things was the ability to unlock a phone with your watch. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's again, something that Android's had for a really long time and I think is super convenient. Mm-hmm. I have the active watch too. I don't have to unlock my phone if it's connected. Mm-hmm. Um, if your watch is unlocked. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so that will help with the whole issue of masks. 
yep. which we're all hoping that they're not going to be around in 2022, <laughs> but you know, yeah. whatever it, it, I think the usefulness of a fingerprint sensor or some auxiliary way to open your phone other than your face is, is needed in this day and age for sure. Um, but I mean that you can change your default music player. Yay! <laughs> I mean, Android Android users, get ready for all your eye rolls that you're going to have just because of the Apple users that are like, oh my gosh, look at this I feature. I can change it I to Spotify. Got. Well, and people should be thanking Spotify. Mm-hmm. This is because of Spotify mm-hmm. that you can change the default music player. Yeah. Because it, it's going into this whole antitrust lawsuit. Oh, gotcha. Like, Spotify has clearly shown the facts that apple is favoring apple music in their platform <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> and a perfect example of it is um your basically your music player just defaults to apple music yeah um yeah no it's 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 something that you definitely miss as an android user going onto the apple platform is you're losing so much freedom of choice Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see Apple lose their grasp of it a little bit just because so many companies are like, wait a second, this isn't fair. Yeah, you make an app, Apple Music, on your phone, you make it the default music player that also Siri defaults to playing on whenever mm-hmm. someone tells it to play a song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. you're it's just ridiculous. favoring yourself top to bottom on your own platform. And then not to mention that if Spotify wants to do subscriptions through their app, they have to pay Apple a 30% tax. Oh yeah. <laughs> on, Thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. And then Apple has Apple music. That's the same price as Spotify, but yeah. obviously they don't pay a 30% tax to themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's just this whole backwards, uh, you know, issue. And so. why are we surprised that big tech gets to be big tech? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. there's a reason silly. why they keep making more and more yeah. money every quarter. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, it's Apple, so it's not like they're really going to be damaging themselves too much, but it's, I do think that they're, they're going to start getting a couple nicks in their metal because yeah. it's just, I mean, you have the Epic games lawsuit, mm-hmm. you have this Spotify lawsuit. There's a lot of lawsuits that have a lot of substantial evidence against Apple yeah. being antitrust. Yeah. So a, a monopoly in the virtual world. Yeah. Um, no, I completely agree. And down with Apple. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, Google's not a whole lot better either. Um, yeah. On the Play Store. They're a little bit better about the the tax, so quote unquote tax. It's not a real tax. It's just a fee. Um, but like Spotify, they don't pay that 30% difference or that 25% difference to Google, mm. they just let Spotify run their own payments processing Yeah, for their subscriptions. Yeah. So, so they at least pay yeah. a little bit nicer. Yeah, so just because we have a music app doesn't mean that we're going to also charge you on top of your music app. Yeah. So. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, love them or hate them. They, they, the competition, we've talked about this before, competition is always good. It's mm-hmm. it, it pushes technology forward. Um, speaking of competition... Uh, what is it that they're, they're calling it? They're calling it the Apple air tag is, the air uh, tags. is imminent. The drop the, is imminent. <laughs> the infamous air tags. The infamous air tags. They really are infamous. Like they've been <laughs> rumored for almost two years now. Yeah. And Apple has had the hardware. So we are told Apple has had the hardware ready for over a year. Yeah. 
and yeah. then now they're gonna release them. Like, I, what took so long? <laughs> is they, are these little tiny tiled? Uh, they're just impersonators. Tiled. Yeah, are they gonna be like ridiculously over engineered or or what? Because I don't understand why I think why they it would will be to a degree. They'll be over engineered because I mean they have that ultra wide band technology mm-hmm. for location awareness. Yeah, where basically in the new air like AirDrop with the newest phones you can point a phone at another phone and it will tell you essentially which direction that phone is in. Yeah. So imagine that with your air tags, right? You could point it. It'll actually point the direction that the air tag is rather than just start ringing like a tile will. Yeah. So it's cool, but how expensive is an air tag going to be? <laughs> it's got to, it's not going to be I think it's going to be like a hundred bucks at least. Yeah. Because that technology is, it's expensive. To, yeah. to tell something which direction it's facing in addition to the Bluetooth technology, like, yeah, it's gonna no, be that's huge. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's gonna be really cool. Uh, you know, for those of you that are using Apple products, you get to stay in your ecosystem. It's just yeah. gonna be something else that is really properly integrated into your OS on your phone. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the whole reason that we th- like we hear that the drop is imminent is because there was a leak of mm-hmm. the um, find items in the, like what's, what's their find called? my find my, is it called find my? Yeah. yeah that's come on, Apple. You can do better in your naming <laughs> find convention my. than that. Just <laughs> I find. Yeah. Just, just put the I in front of it. Apple find my just, it's, <laughs> it's a funny name. Say, it is a funny name. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just another item to try to keep you in their ecosystem. Even though some, of their ecosystem becomes obsolete and can't run YouTube anymore. Yeah. So. Dot, dot, dot. Which is Apple TV. Yeah. Apple TV officially, the last one, mm-hmm. lost YouTube app support today. Yeah. Um, which is pretty, I mean. Today being Wednesday. I don't know about <laughs> you, but I use YouTube a heck of a lot more than anything else. It's the most used streaming service. Yeah. More than Netflix, more than Hulu, anything yeah. for me. By far. So, I mean, those users, most of those users are probably going to go out and upgrade. Um, and they're either going to spend $180 for the base Apple TV or $200 for the upgraded one. Yeah, the 4K. Uh, yeah, the 4K. And, but the competition is stiff in this area now. Mm-hmm. And it. The default now is Google TV. Yeah, 50 like, bucks. Um, so I work at Best Buy part-time right now, uh-huh. and there is not a single Chromecast with Google TV on a shelf. They've sold out. Yeah. And every Best Buy, and I don't know about Walmarts, but like you can't find them because they've sold like crazy. Yeah. It is the default. It's 50 bucks, and it by far is the best software experience, the best remote experience, because Apple TV's remote is terrible. Yeah. Everyone that has an Apple TV will tell you that yeah. they don't like that remote. Yeah. Because it's not good at being a remote. It's yeah. a, it's cool as like a fancy device, but it's not good at like practically. Being, yeah. Practically as a remote. Yeah. Um, I would say the Google TV is the stiffest competition for the Apple TV. Well, so I couldn't, I couldn't really find, and to be honest, this is new news brought to you by Jaden Laramie Talk Tech, but like I couldn't find exactly why. Um, they lost support. I'm guessing that they just, it's um, just a, it reached a lot. Like I have a longevity. theory. I'd have to look into it, um, but it would be probably 
related to the same reason that YouTube didn't support 4K on the Apple TV up until this year on the newest Apple TVs. Hmm. Um, because there's a, a codec, a video codec, and we won't go into what that is necessarily, but basically YouTube supports an open standard codec, like go figure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Google it's Google. They, they want to yeah. use open standards for everything. Mm -hmm. Apple didn't want to support that open standard on their device. Uh, they wanted them to use a closed standard, which is H.264, um, which a lot of people use, a lot of video editing apps use and stuff, but it's not the best for streaming. So it's not really optimized for streaming, which is why YouTube uses that new universal one. Um, and I'm assuming it, the reason why it's no longer supported on the older Apple TVs is because the older Apple TV can't support the new codec. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And YouTube has said, we're not going to support the old one anymore. It's yeah. too inefficient. It doesn't make sense. So it's probably partially Apple and partially YouTube. Yeah. You got to you gotta wonder what those meetings are like where they're like... Oh, I'm sure they're awkward. Oh, we could we could support their, their codec for a little bit longer. But if we didn't, then we would force people to want to upgrade. Yeah. And our, our Google TV is pretty nice right now. Well, and it, it does... You can kind of understand where YouTube's coming from, too, because if it's less efficient, it costs them more money to keep supporting it mm -hmm. on the streaming side, right? Because then it costs more money for them to actually stream you those videos and yeah. stream all those users those videos. Yeah. So this new standard, it's way more efficient in terms of server costs and networking costs. Yeah. So why wouldn't you just switch over to the new standard? Yeah. No, it makes sense. It's just yeah. Apple being Apple. They th I, I feel like they're maybe relying a little bit too much on their belief that people are just going to stay in their ecosystem no matter what. Oh, for like, sure. I'm, I'm hearing more and more from Apple loyalists about mm -hmm. how they own they different all have Google tech now. Or they all have Google TVs or Fire TVs or... or yeah, yeah, or <laughs> like Alexas or, yeah. or anything like that because Siri is just... The smart ecosystem is eroding Apple's ecosystem. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I, I texted you this the other day, and Cody, if you're listening, I'm sorry. But anytime <laughs> that my, my friend Cody sends me a text message using Siri dictation, I know he's using Siri dictation because it just like, it goes in this garbled mess and then I'm left to sit there because I feel it's bad. almost like a five-year-old <laughs> talking to you. Yeah. Half the time, it comes across like a five-year-old is yeah. talking to you. Or a game of telephone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I'm left there. I, it's almost turned into a little mini game now, because then I sit I sit there and go like, okay, so what what could it what have meant? Like, these what? two words, if I say them out loud, what could they come across <laughs> as? Yeah. Like what he meant uh, to say. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think it's hilarious. I love it. Don't don't stop uh, using Siri dictation, Cody. I, I love getting those text messages. They're sometimes the highlight of my day, so keep at it. Which that might be a great um, segue back to the pixel drop. Uh -huh. There's a really there's a new Gboard voice input hmm. that looks sweet. I don't have it on my pixel yet. Okay. Have you I seen this? I, I actually haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't seen this one. What, so what's this? So it is integrated with the onboard processing that's built into the new Google Assistant. So it's not using like any online translate like translation for your natural language processing. Yeah. It's doing it all on the device. So that, for one, makes it way faster. 
But the other side of it is you can now start saying send and it will send the message. You can say clear and then whatever words you're trying to clear. You can say backspace, whatever you're trying to get it to backspace. (laughs) Finally. That seems like such a simple thing, but it does seem like it would be really complicated to to code it correctly. Yeah. Um, And then depending on like inflection, you want to pick it up so they're actually trying to say send to send the message. It's pretty sweet. I can't Um, wait to try it on my Pixel. Yeah, I love Google Assistant. It's the main thing that would always keep me on an Android phone. I was telling you this uh, like probably about a month or two ago, but I was in my car and... Um, I have a like a um, Android Auto enabled stereo deck, yeah. and uh, I was driving, and my wife texted me, and she said, she said she wrote "ug," and whenever oh, I had yeah. Google like tell read me it. read it, mm-hmm. it said, Ugh, "I'm gonna be late today," and I was like, I literally had to st- like I was on the freeway, so I couldn't stop. Yeah. But I, I literally was like, "What? Wait, what?" It literally just <laughs> it had that inflection in its voice that it sounded like a real yeah, person. Yeah, it was super cool. I haven't been able to get it to do it since, so I don't know if it was. So I have I another story okay. about Google's natural language processing. Maybe this Mine should be like a, a segment. Little creepy. It should be a segment. It's like Google, like assistant horror stories. Google or assistant something. horror story. Yeah. Goosebumps. Google goosebumps. Um, so I. I'm also a real estate agent on the side. It is just a part-time thing for me, but I do have a uh, page, a Google business page for that part of that business. Mm -hmm. Um, Google does this thing regularly where they, they have their Google assistant. It's not even Google assistant. They call it Google duplex. Yeah. Call businesses to confirm business hours. So it is an automated bot that is calling people to confirm their business hours. It called me. I picked up, I just said Google on the phone call. I picked up. I thought it was maybe going to be a person. It took me at least 30 seconds to figure out whether that was a real person oh or gosh. not. I couldn't figure it out because it kept saying, uh, and, um, <laughs> and I, I was mess. I was starting to mess with it too to like try to figure yeah. it out. Is this a real person or not? I guarantee you, it is not a real person. And it's creepy how good it was. <laughs> it was on a totally different le- level than Google Assistant. So now this, when Google first showed this in one of their keynotes, it and freaked it was people like, out. It freaked people out. It, people started talking ethics mm-hmm. of whether or not it was ethically correct to, to trick someone into thinking that an inanimate object. Is speaking with a them server. As a, yeah, is, is talking speaking. to a human being. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I. It's so crazy that this didn't blow up more because it essentially passed the Turing's test. Whatever called me passed yeah. the Turing test for the first 20, 30 seconds of our yeah. conversation, which I mean is incredible. And I didn't know, and I've talked. Yeah. I've talked to Google Assistant plenty of times. I know how they res- how it responds. Yeah. But it was bizarre. Now the question comes: Do you, do you feel like when you got off the phone, mm-hmm. did you feel violated? <laughs> I didn't feel violated, but it was freaky to me that a bot could talk to me in real time with ums and uhs. Yeah. To the point where it was like talking to you right now. Yeah. I, I kind of dig it. It felt as natural as that. And yeah. It was. I wish that they would actually bring this technology to Google Assistant. Yeah. So it felt like. 
more Google of a conversation. Assist. Yeah, more of a conversation. It was so cool, though. Yeah. Well, it felt to me, I don't know, it gave me like this bougie feeling that I had like a chauffeur or something reading me it, yeah. my messages. Yeah, for sure. And I thought it was awesome. I'm one of those. Like Jarvis. Yeah, like Jarvis. Yeah, I'm one of those Jarvis. few people that actually enjoyed the movie Her. Like I, I, I mm-hmm. It was a creepy, weird movie, but I, I still enjoyed it. And I just, I felt like a little bit closer to that where it's like, oh my gosh. Like, and especially, I still get a kick out of asking Google a question and then following up with another question and then mm-hmm. following up with another one. It feels like a, a conversation. conversation. Yeah. yeah. So I think I, I have it written down on our notes. I think we should have this as a regular segment called Google goosebumps. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like we just totally weird, should. freaky things that we've either read or we've experienced. But, yeah. um, so submit yours. If you have a weird one, uh, whether it be Siri, uh, Google or Alexa, let it can us be, know. It can be cool. It can be creepy, whatever you want. Yeah, the creepy gets extra points. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so let's let's move on into probably one of the bigger announcements. Yeah. Uh, especially of today, and I'm gonna let you take the the head up on this one. Yeah. Not because I'm dumb, but because I really don't know a lot about this. <laughs> I am a little dumb when it comes to Flutter 2.0. Yeah. Um, so those of you that don't, that don't know, Flutter is a development framework from Google. Um, basically what you can do with Flutter is you can write code once and it will run on whatever now, as of today, basically whatever you want. It'll run on web, it'll run on iOS, Android, Linux, Windows, and Mac OS. That's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because in the past, as a developer, you would, and I wrote a blog post about this too, um, about what this means for the future of development. Yeah. It's a big deal. Um, in the past, you would, as a developer, you kind of had to pick what platform you wanted to build on because you couldn't just write it once and it run everywhere. Mm. That was not real. That was the the hope that maybe one day you could write code once and it will run everywhere. Yeah. But you couldn't do that. Um, as of today, though, Flutter 2.0, it's now stable. It's production ready to write code once and it runs on whatever you want. Yeah. Which uh, Ubuntu, they yep. just announced that they will be using that for their development. They're making it their default way that they would recommend a developer write yeah. a Linux app going forward yeah. for Ubuntu. Which looks like the, there's some pretty strong feelings about Flutter in the development community. Some love it. Yeah. Some are, hate it. And then some are just really worried that either Google will completely drop it because Google does have a history of dropping their projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and then others are just a little concerned, like, if I go fully into Flutter and it dies off, then what? That's fair. But my argument to that question, because it does come up with developers all the time, my argument to that question is that's true of any platform that you yeah. invest in. Sure. Right. So like if Google one day said the way that you used to build Android apps, now we're doing a new way. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) You just got to start doing the new way. You just have to jump Um, on board. But this is the first time that we've really had a platform as designers and developers. That's what's really cool is they're also pointing this towards designers, people that want to design apps. Um, 
it's just so fast now to make an app in real time. Like a designer used to have to sit down, create their mock-up of what they wanted to build, and then pass it off to a developer. Yeah. And then well, also in between that, they would prototype it, right? Yeah. So it's not even a real app that it, the designer is making, mm-hmm. but it acts and behaves like a real app, but it doesn't actually do anything. Yeah. It's just a prototype. Well, now you can skip that prototype phase. Just go build the app. Yeah. Because it's so much yeah. faster. I saw that little 3D animation uh, that they had created with using Insane. Flutter. It was pretty nuts how intuitive it looked to be yeah. able to use it. And there's just a lot of announcements from this 2.0. The big one that I would point out, I think, applicable to the podcast is that Microsoft is investing in foldables Yeah. for Flutter. So like they're adding features for Flutter developers specifically for dual screen foldables, single screen foldables, um, and really any foldable. Yeah. Um, Because that was one of the bigger things that came out of that whole presentation was that they were implementing support for foldables. Yeah, for foldables, for all of these new platforms, web, Linux, everything. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's super exciting. Yeah. That you can write code once and it runs on everything. Yeah, I'm sure it's especially <laughs> exciting for folks like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, your work now, instead of having to write an app several times, you just write it yeah. once. Well, and it, hopefully it enables um, smaller app developers to be a little bit more creative in, because it's going to be easier to be creative. Um, yeah. You know, you could actually... I was actually talking to my wife because she's incredible and she does a lot of things very, very well. And um, she had heard about all of this and the idea of being able, as a designer, because she's very creative, being able to go in and potentially be able to build her own app was pretty insane yeah, to think about. They're pointing this not just to developers, but to designers and product managers, people that are managing designers and developers, and then they have an idea of maybe what they want to build. They now really flutter development so easy and fast, you can go build it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just super easy. Well, so in your opinion, so right now, who's who's their biggest competition? Who's um, biggest competition? Their biggest competition would be technically... <laughs> That's my son. He's not being beat up. He's just having a lot of fun in the next room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, their biggest competition would probably be React from Facebook. Okay. Um, React does have a React native version of React that mm-hmm. runs on ios and android and then react by default is a web framework yeah so they're making a web framework also work on ios and android um there's some apps that you've probably interact people out there have interacted with that they didn't even realize it was react native okay airbnb they Mm. use react native on a lot of their ios and android stuff okay um not the whole app but big portions of their app yeah is in react native so um, there's production apps out there that are using this type of technology. Yeah. Um, but Flutter is the first one, really the only one right now that says we work on any platform. Yeah. And you write it once and it works on whatever you yeah. want it to work on. It doesn't take extra work. Like React Native, it takes a lot of extra work to make mm-hmm. that work. So. Well, and they have almighty the almighty power of Alphabet behind Flutter. <laughs> yeah. So... They're really putting their weight behind it, yeah, for sure. And then one of the other partners from this announcement today, along with Ubuntu, was uh, Toyota. Yeah. Toyota said that their infotainment systems going forward are going to be built and designed 
and developed with Flutter. Which is super cool. Awesome. Super rad. And I mean, it just goes to show you that when you want to play nice with all the neighborhood children, mm-hmm. you have more friends. Yeah. And so now you have... <laughs> when you Toyota. create an open... an open network or open source yeah exactly and so i think and the funny thing is is in uh, apple users are going to find themselves in the hot seat where now their device is not as optimized yeah it doesn't work with everything yeah Yeah. exactly it's not as optimized for their you know smart displays or or their Mm -hmm. tvs or, or anything like that as google marches forward into the integrate integration into everything Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be an exciting time to be an Android user. Yeah, they want <laughs> they want to have the OS for everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go back to Fuchsia every yeah. now and then. Fuchsia wants to be your the OS favorite that, child. Yeah, my favorite topic by far. <laughs> um, and it, <laughs> I also thought to myself, Toyota didn't say what is on that infotainment system. Do they have access to Fuchsia? Ah. Because Flutter natively runs on Fuchsia. So they didn't say they didn't they didn't actually specify at all what that underlying platform is for their infotainment system. So it could be Fuchsia. Well, this would line up with your hypotheses on the Internet of Things and Fuchsia implementing into smaller, more quote unquote insignificant things that you wouldn't really realize is using a specialized OS. Yeah. Um, But the OS for everything and then the development framework for everything. Yeah, which I mean, yeah. just alphabet, alphabet getting involved in more of uh, your pies. Yep. So it's it's going to happen. We'll see what happens. I have nothing to hide. Go ahead, Google. Look at my photos of my son. That's all that's on my, <laughs> on my phone. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, but that leads us into... <sighs> this one hits a little bit close to home, so you're, you guys are going to have to... Uh, forgive me if I get a little emotional, but uh, PlayStation 5s are still really hard to find. Yeah. So it's it, uh, Sony has come out and said that it's due to the microprocessor shortage globally. This isn't just a Sony problem. Yeah, this it's a affecting thing. a bunch of industries. Yeah. So And it's due to COVID. Um, in fact, you know, COVID is just, it's pushed a lot of things that are near and dear to the tech community's heart, like uh, a lot of people theorize theorize that the reason that um, the iPhone didn't get like 120 hertz display mm-hmm. was because yeah, of COVID it didn't supply have shortage lead time for mm-hmm. the uh, development. Yeah, but right now it, it, it's just it's still really difficult to get a PS5. They're still in short supply. Right now, the articles that I'm reading, because I've been reading a lot of articles about it, are saying that the prediction is that it's going to remain difficult to acquire, mm-hmm. at least through summer. I I mean, so I work for Best Buy. No dis- disclaimer here. I don't know what their supply chain looks like, but I will say that I haven't had anything on the shelf as far as PlayStation 5s. Well, I mean, if you did and you announced just Ever. now on our podcast that you did see them there <laughs> and then let me know, it might be, be episode gone. six might be the last episode. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's really, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are trying to wrap their heads around it. Like how does a, a major company like Sony not be able to 
supply for the demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I do think it's partially because it's a marketing thing. It's desirable and it's hard to find, so it makes it more desirable. Mm-hmm. Do, does anyone talk about the Xbox and whether or not they can get their hands on one? Not really. Yeah, like PlayStation, like Sony has found a, like a little niche of like. Oh, we're desirable. We're the hot mm-hmm. thing. Like no one can get us, but you know, it's it's kind of like that whole thing, like hard to get, playing hard to get, and it's it's working for them. The only unfortunate thing that really is hurting consumers, like the shortage is bad enough. Whatever, I can kind of understand it because of COVID. But what's really hurting consumers is the whole scalping industry. Oh, for sure. Which is starting to become a little bit more rampant mm-hmm. in due to this. Yeah, yeah. Due to this. Due to COVID, it's 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 hitting GPUs for mm-hmm. desktops. It's hitting yeah all these things that everyone wants but can't get a hold of. Exactly, especially in tech. And it's it's pretty it's pretty insane. I think it was The Verge. They actually interviewed one of these uh, scalping companies, like the CEO of one of these scalping companies. Mm-hmm. And man, he played the victim card. He was just like, "We're just trying to make a living." Like you know, like we're just it, it's kind of like a, like a milk farmer selling it to the store and so then the store sells it to the consumer we're just like the store but then it's like no you're not because there's the company sony selling it to the store then selling it to us but instead you're becoming not just the middleman you're becoming the like the third you're getting a hold of it when it was intended for consumers yeah not for scalping exactly yeah and so this is, I, <laughs> I snuck this in here because it, it, it's like, I hate it so much. I hate scalping so much. Someone actually offered me, <laughs> someone knows how much I want a PS5 and uh, their friend has one and they offered it to me at a discount price of $600 and said they'd give it to me for $600. And I was like, I want to, but I'm not going to support the scalping industry. Yeah. So Hang in there, everybody. There, there are ways of finding them. There is a Twitter feed called PS5 Drop, and you can follow them, and they release everywhere that you can find them. I think Amazon always drops in the wee early hours of the morning of Wednesdays, yeah. and then it's it's pretty typical. You can find a pattern. I think Best Buy normally gets their stock in on Tuesday evenings. Yeah, there's. I- can't really speak to any of that because i don't know but there's a rhythm yeah i'm just every store does have a rhythm for sure and i'm just telling everybody just hang in there tight together we can overcome the scalpers yeah and destroy their industry yeah don't (laughs) buy it from a scalper just be patient it is a (laughs) it is a game console and then in the meantime use stadia yeah because it's still here (laughs) uh uh you know some people are thinking that it was done because they lost their um, their get oh and actually so we talked about this in the last episode we mm-hmm. were wondering what what games did this first party development studio of Google create mm-hmm. and it's Into the Savage Planet it, yeah which they the kind of one. acquired yeah yeah but it it was it a was first their party. first party yeah and it's funny that it just came yeah. to Stadia it like literally last just month. released. <laughs> Yeah, there was a big deal about uh, there was a bug in a Journey to the Savage Planet, and they couldn't fix the bug in the game because they fired the developers. <laughs> <laughs> they since have fixed the bug, 
but uh, yes, they couldn't fix the bug because they no longer hired or yeah. like had that person on payroll. Um, you reap what you sow, Google. Yeah, come on, man. Like Which, it's a good game. I've played into it a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's fun. But. It reminds me a little bit. I mean, just to be honest, it reminds me a little bit of like a knockoff of Stanley's Parable. If you ever played mm-hmm. that, it was really good. I think it ran off of um, what's that one? Oh, I think it ran off of Gary's mod, but mm. super good. If you've never played it, it's it's a fun little playthrough, and it's it's very short. But you have a narrator through the entire thing, and yeah, telling you stuff. Yeah, but. it was fun. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens with Stadia. Um, it looks like what you had in the notes that LG TVs are supposed to have Stadia built in. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's just going to enable more devices. Yeah, which I feel like is a signifier that it's still here to stay. Yeah. Um, I always have my reservations with Google stuff. Um, I've, I, I've had my heart broken too many times to f- trust in them full heartedly. <laughs> sure. But I, I am, I'm still enjoying it. Um, in fact, if, if Jaden, if you're okay with it, uh, shameless plug, oh, I'll probably plug, plug away. <laughs> I'm going to plug, I'm going to plug away to my heart's content. I am planning on streaming this Saturday, probably around six o'clock. I'll, I'll post about it whenever I'm going to, I'm going to go live. But, um, my YouTube channel is called large R Binks gaming. So, and yes, that was large jar Binks. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry for all of you who hated jar jar Binks, but I loved him. I love jar jar um, Binks. I but, think it's a great gamer tag. <laughs> I've, I've had that I one for it. years. Um, but, it's, I'm going to stream, hopefully, uh, Stadia, and I'm yeah. going to be playing through Little Nightmares 1, so then we can make it a series where Let's Play, where then we will play through Little Nightmares 2. So um, keep up to date with uh, our social medias and um, my social media and um, so you can catch that and see me almost pee my pants because that, <laughs> that game does scare me quite a bit, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a, a load of fun. Do yeah. you have anything you want to shamelessly plug, Jaden? You just uh, wrote a blog. Well, I mean, I did write a blog post. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners are developers or aspiring developers, but that's... Chances most- are pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah. I mean, that's mainly what my content on my YouTube channel and my blog is focused towards. A lot of Flutter development. I do more web development too. Um, so I love Flutter. I think it's the future. Um, but I do also focus on web design and web development. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, that, you know, we're just two guys that really love talking tech. Uh, ergo, the name of our podcast. Um, but we, we have multiple side projects as well. So we, we want to make this into a community, not just something that you can listen to, but something you can be a part of. So definitely follow us on Instagram, uh, which I think our Instagram is Jaden and Laramie, right? Um, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, Just Jaden and Laramie. And, uh, then you can, you know, follow us on our respective platforms as well. But I can confirm, yes. Jaden and Laramie. <laughs> Jaden and Laramie. Uh, two pretty uh, unusual names, so you, you should have no problem finding that. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, do you have any closing thoughts, Jaden? Um, you know, if you have any questions, comments, uh, concerns, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, definitely get a hold of us on Instagram. Um, we're playing with the idea of maybe having a separate website for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be a pretty easy 
thing for me to build out and just have a place for someone to have a direct contact to us. Yeah. Um, and then see the most recent posts. So. Yeah. Um, we've this has grown to be something that I get excited about uh, throughout the week to be able to record these podcasts and. Um, like we have mentioned before, we're actually starting to have some of you come up and talk to us. Uh, now in our our social circles, people will come up to us and uh, they go straight from uh, doing small talk to just talking about the latest thing that they heard about tech. And yeah, I think it's really cool. It's always fun. Yeah. So let us know if there are any topics that you want us to cover. Um, but we're like we said, we're going to make this pretty consistent. So tune in uh, every other Friday for right now. Um, and we'll have a new podcast to drop. Um, but until then, thank you again so much. It means the world to us yep. that you're uh, listening in and we'll talk to you soon.